Earlier this year, a sailor survived for more than three weeks adrift in the Caribbean on a diet of ketchup, garlic powder, and stock cubes. Hines ended up tracking him down, and they announced that they'd give him a new boat. Hopefully there's a lot of emergency ketchup on board. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ben Leonard. On Tuesday, President Joe Biden released his plan to head off steep cuts for Medicare within the next decade. Medicare trustees project the program for older adults to be insolvent by 2028 if current policies continue. Biden wants to raise Medicare taxes on people earning more than $400,000 while sticking with his pledge not to raise taxes on people earning less. Also on Tuesday, Florida's Republican-controlled legislature filed bills to restrict abortions after six weeks of pregnancy, with exceptions for rape, incest, and to save a patient's life. The legislation would further restrict abortion in the state, which last year banned abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, without rape and incest exceptions. And the cottage lobbying industry on new generation vaccines has all but disappeared from Washington, D.C. I'm joined by Megan Wilson to discuss her reporting. Hey, Megan, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So tell me a little bit more about the story that you just wrote. I know a lot of companies hired lobbyists at the beginning of the pandemic for next generation COVID vaccines. What's happening to them now? It's a really interesting trend. You know, I noticed that many smaller companies uh, had been hiring lobbyists, mostly earlier in the pandemic, to try and get government funding to make COVID vaccines. Mm. You know, we're not talking about, you know, your Pfizer's or Moderna's. We're coming talking about companies you probably haven't ever heard of. They felt like they needed a little lobbying muscle to, you know, get in on some of this cash that was floating around on, on COVID vaccines. And so they hired their lobbyists, some of which for the very first time. Um, and now looking forward a couple of years, only a few still have lobbyists on retainer. Let's take a step back here. What exactly is a next generation vaccine? So next generation COVID vaccine is kind of an umbrella term that refers to any number of, of new innovative vaccines. You know, it could be um, a new mechanism of delivery to, to borrow a term, meaning it could be a pill, a patch, a nasal spray, something that's not, you know, an injectable shot. Um, it could also mean uh, newer sort of platforms, um, you know, mRNA was the platform that was used to make the COVID vaccines that most of us have now. But, you know, there are experiments to to have other types of platforms that, you know, future vaccines for not just COVID, but other respiratory illnesses, things like norovirus can be built. And then there is next gen COVID vaccines could also refer to vaccines that target more than one type of coronavirus called pan coronavirus vaccines. Mm. So it's any number of 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 newer types of of vaccines. That's really interesting. So what happened that has made these companies sort of split with their lobbying firms? You know, in short, uh, it was complicated for some people, but essentially what many of them told me was that the return on investment just wasn't there. You know, the government dumped billions of dollars into getting the first round of COVID vaccines and treatments. But then, you know, I was told there was kind of like a pass the buck sort of attitude with agencies like, oh, we don't have money, like maybe check with, you know, uh, somebody else like and then it was just sort of passed around. And then, um, you know, you have Republicans and Democrats in Congress who didn't want to give the agencies more money. So there was a lot of dead ends everywhere. And like if you're a smaller company, you may not have the line item in your budget for something like, you know, a Washington lobbying firm. President Joe Biden a few months ago said that the pandemic was over in a TV interview and his administration is winding down the COVID public health emergency. Is the COVID lobbying boom over also? <laughs> um, 
Absolutely not. I mean, if we're talking about healthcare, the lobbying is never over. It's total job security. Um, you know, a few of the companies that I looked at, you know, have maintained uh, some of their lobbyists. Um, but more notably, I'm seeing other companies jumping into the lobbying fray and hiring lobbyists, some of which, again, for the first time. Republicans have been pushing for, you know, a, a sort of end to the pandemic. You know, Joe Biden said, you know, the pandemic is over. But Congress has to reauthorize uh, pandemic preparedness legislation this year. And this predates COVID. This is something that happens every five years. And that could be a sort of a, a method to get money to some of the folks developing things like this next generation COVID sort of technologies and vaccines. So Congress didn't agree on more COVID funding. What can we expect from PAPA and how that process will play out? Yeah. So PAPA is the, you know, the colloquial term, the acronym for the pandemic preparedness legislation. And, you know, like I said, this is sort of a perfunctory thing they have to do um, every five years. Uh, it's generally flown under the radar, pretty non-controversial. But this year, obviously, it could be a little bit more politicized and and folks are sort of worried about that. However, you know, there is a, a potential opportunity to sort of get funding allocated for some of these vaccine platforms, the things that, you know, can can be a foundation on which many different kinds of vaccines can be built um, or, you know, components for more universal vaccines. That is sort of where the money might be rather than, you know, individual vaccine projects. Companies still need to, like, have a reality check, some lobbyists told me, and let that big money, that big COVID money, billions of those billions of dollar, like, contracts just aren't going to be there. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, but I don't think that the effort to fund next generation vaccines is fully dead. Thanks for coming on, Megan. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Raghu Manavalan is our editor. Our healthcare editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Vantine, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ahmet is the executive producer of Audio at Politico. I'm Ben Leonard. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.